0: Welcome to Backlog Books. In this podcast, I will be recapping and discussing what I've been reading lately. My name is Kara. Thank you for joining me, and please be prepared for some spoilers. So hello again. I took a longer break than I thought I would, um, which has been really good. I definitely needed the extra time. Let's just get back on the wagon. On the horse? Back on the horse? Back in the saddle. <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, this time we're talking about The Vor Game by Lois McMaster Bejold. Here is the summary. Miles Vorkosigan has shaken the high command of his home planet Barriar to the core and has been sent to the other side of the galaxy as a result. There, Miles runs into his old pals, the Dendari Free Mercenaries. And a good thing, too, because it turns out that Miles' childhood chum, Emperor Gregor, to you and me, has been the victim of foul play, and only Miles can save him. In fact, Miles knows he must save Gregor, because if he doesn't, then the only person who could become emperor is Miles himself, which is, for Miles, a fate worse than death. The Vor Game was published in 1990, and it won the Hugo Award in 91. It was also nominated for the Locus Award the same year. Our author, Lois McMaster-Bujold, was born in America in 1949. She has won those award's uh, having already done a couple episodes on Bujold's books, I'm not going to try to make a complete author biography in this one. She exists, she writes books, you get the idea. I recommend listening to the other Vorkosigan Saga episodes before this one if you are not familiar with these books already. Those episodes... Kind of provide a helpful context and background to this story. I'm not going to summarize everything from those books just for this episode. It's why I already did episodes. Um, I've been titling the episodes for Kosigan Saga and then the names of the books, so they're hopefully easy to find. It's been a few months since I read these. That's just, like, how the podcast crumbles. But I remember that I had so much fun reading The Warrior's Apprentice, the book before this one, that I immediately put the Vor Game* on hold at the library, and then it arrived like a day later. So I picked up the Vorkosigan saga very quickly, um, versus, for example, my Wheel of Time reading, where I'm giving like a six-month break in between every book that I read in that, and um, there is apparently a short story called Mountains of Mourning, which takes place in between The Warrior's Apprentice and The Vor Game. I didn't read it. I'm kind of bad at reading short stories. Um, not that I don't like them. I'm just... I would have to, like, get a collection of short stories and then know which ones went where. Um... Apparently, Mountains of Mourning provides some helpful context about Miles's mindset at the beginning of this book. Um, but if it's not in the main book, how important can it really be? I just think I should be able to read just the novels and get like a pretty clear picture of the story. If that's not the case, then don't. Why would you then include the short story in the book that I'm reading? Don't put it somewhere else. Anyway. So at the end of The Warrior's Apprentice, Miles had caused such a huge fuss and no one knew what to do with him. They were like, we can't let him just run around on his own because we were like 90% sure he'll accidentally take over the galaxy. And Miles is like, I also don't want to accidentally take over the galaxy. What's my other option? so his father suggests he be enrolled in the Imperial Service Academy, which was Miles' goal from the very beginning. Lucky for Miles. The Vor game starts four-ish years after those events. So Vor is basically a title on Beriyar. The Vor are like the old nobility or aristocracy, so when someone's last name begins with Vor, it's an indication that they belong to that class of people. So Miles is referred to as Kosigan during his imperial service academy days, because they're trying to be like, hey, we're all equals here, instead of having it be like Vor again. One of the constant through lines in these books is so far the tension between the old class of Vor and the new generation that questions the validity of Vore rule on Barriar. Okay, so that's some additional information for you. So Miles has just graduated from the Imperial Service Academy, and he waits anxiously to hear what his first posting will be. He wants to be stationed on a spaceship. He got a taste for space travel and space battles in The Warrior's Apprentice, and he's eager to get back out there. It can't be that easy, of course. We can't just give Miles what he wants. It would be bad for his character. His first assignment is not ideal. He is chosen to be the weather officer on Kirill Island, a distant, frozen outpost on Barayar, the kind of place where military careers go to die. Miles's superior officers are testing him. They want to see if he can obey orders, which they think is an important attribute for someone in military service. Um... And that's sort of something that Miles has proven to not be super great at. He is incredibly smart and dedicated. He'll be an asset wherever he is stationed. Unfortunately, Miles has a tendency, as he puts it, to think of and treat his commanding officers as future subordinates, which is, of course, extremely frustrating for all of them. But... Incredibly funny for me personally. Miles grew up surrounded by the highest-ranking people on Barriar. His father, who was regent to the Emperor of Berayar for nearly two decades, and his father's boss, his mother, Cordelia. It's just difficult to drum up deference for your sergeant, who's a moron, when your dad is the commander-in-chief and your mother is extremely dismissive of the entire political and military structure of the whole planet, and also everyone is mildly terrified of her for valid reasons. But Miles wants to serve, to be of service to Berriar and his emperor, so he goes to Kirill Island, promising to keep his head down and follow orders. He just has to keep his head down for six months, long enough to prove he isn't always in the middle of a sea of troubles. And then he'll be reassigned. So six months later, Miles is brought before imperial security as a mutineer. Look, is it his fault all the superior officers are morons? No. No, it's not. Bless him, he does try to follow orders, but I admit, not for very long. He has limited patience for what he perceives as stupid orders. So the entire Barajaran power structure continues to despair of what to do with Miles. He's brilliant and clever and great at problem solving and getting around security measures and a million other things you don't want someone to do. But he's also insubordinate and too well-connected to punish meaningfully, and he knows it. So they let him cool his heels in, like, house arrest for a couple of months, and then for lack of a better idea, they put him in Imperial security, the information-gathering and spying arm of the military, and send him on a simple data-information-gathering mission with two officers. They have to put him in the imperial security because he respects the head of the imperial security. And they're like, we need him to be somewhere where he respects the figure of authority. And that's like the only place they can put him. Um, So some world building notes here. For extra helpful context, there are specific planets that have what are called hubs, areas that connect different planets, making it an easy jump between planets rather than a long journey. And there's, like, specific hubs connect to specific planets. Um, And, like, if you control a specific hub, you have, you know, easy access to certain planets. And this is a very—I mean, you can imagine— there's a lot of planets that all have their own um, things that they want, and a lot of them want control of a hub. Because if you don't have control of a hub and you're reliant on getting your trade through a hub, like if somebody blockades it, you're doomed, basically. Anyway, their mission is to investigate a possible invasion through the hubs that might be coming for Barryar For some reason on this sneaky mission, they're like, miles, we'll take miles, Um, which would be a really stupid idea, except he has his alter ego of Admiral Naismith from The Warrior's Apprentice, who was once commander of the Dindari Free Mercenaries. And that, that identity is still good, so he can go and connect with arms dealers and try to gather information as Admiral Naismith. This almost goes really well, actually, because Miles can act with some autonomy. He doesn't have to follow stupid orders. He can make his own plans. Then he gets separated from his officers and arrested. That's not the end of the world. He can manage this. He's got money to bribe his way out. He can bide his time. Except... Who does Miles run into in jail but Gregor Vorbara, better known as the Emperor of Berriar. Gregor ran away from home because he was feeling trapped and useless and almost immediately got thrown into indentured servitude. No one else knows where Gregor is, which is half lucky, because his enemies don't know he's missing, and half really bad, because his own security forces can't find him. Miles really cannot catch a break. If Gregor dies, Miles is going to be suspect number one on everyone's list. Technically, he stands to gain the most if Gregor dies. There's a strong possibility that Miles would be the next emperor. So, Miles has an emperor to rescue, a mercenary group or two to wrangle, and, oh yeah, a potential invasion to stop. Just another day for Miles Vorcos again. Uh, And like I said earlier, I have really been enjoying these. Like I mentioned in my episode on The Warrior's Apprentice, Miles learned to see the baro Empire through his mother's eyes and his father's. So he sees the good and bad and understands the flaws inherent in his world. He is a compelling narrator. And we get to see some familiar faces from The Warrior's Apprentice and kind of figure out what everybody's been doing in the four years that Miles has been on Barriar, kind of secluded from the universe. Um, and that's basically it. If you want more media like this, I really, the only thing that really comes to mind is the Machineries of Empire series by Yoon Ha Lee, which I think I recommended already, Um, but I stand by it. Join me next time to hear about probably not The Wheel of Time, but maybe The Wheel of Time. I don't know. It could be either The Shadow Rising or The Seep by Chana Porter, depending on what's going on. As always, you can contact me at backlogbookspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support it, the best way to do that right now is to rate and review it or just share it with a friend. You can find the podcast on Facebook at backlogbookspodcast or at BacklogBooks.com. The music is by Joseph McDade, You can hear more of his work at josephmcday.com. Thank you for spending this time with me. Thank you for your patience as I took a much needed break. And I hope to talk with you again soon.